everybody, welcome back to Bucketheads, episode 44 of Land Grant Holy Land's College Basketball Podcast. I'm Connor Lamans. My co-host is just my co-host is Justin Golba, and today we are talking about LeBron James. Okay, we're not talking about LeBron really, but we are talking about Bronny James today. Yeah, but we all know that whatever school does give Bronny James, in a sense, they're getting LeBron James, or at least I would say the brand of LeBron James. Uh, Bronny could go G League, he'd go overseas. It sounds like he's going to college though. And um, as we all predicted when he was like seven years old, the Buckeyes are one of his final options, it seems. And we also have a guest on this week's episode as we are talking to recent Ohio State commit Scotty Middleton, who locked it in at Ohio State two weeks ago. Scotty is a four-star small forward of Sunrise Christian Academy in Wichita, although he did not grow up in Wichita, and he will explain that to us when we talk to him here shortly. He is the number 34 player in the nation and has a reputation as one of the smartest defensive players in the 2023 class, which Ohio State certainly needs. Um, But we'll get to that shortly. Justin, there's so many ways to look at the whole Bronny James thing, but I think the most important part of this that people have to remember is that as of right now, the Buckeyes, they don't have any scholarships available for that 23-24 season. They're all accounted for already. Yeah, all right. So the the scholarship thing's interesting to me because, like, yes, logically, Bronny James would not need a scholarship to go to Ohio State. Like, yes, I'm pretty sure, especially with the news today that LeBron's going to be making $100 million over the next two years. Yeah, he could probably afford it. But a scholarship is also kind of like a badge of honor kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, he he does earn a scholarship, so they probably want to give him one. I don't know. That's that's a really interesting conversation, I think, because logically, yes, he could just walk on and be fine, but I don't know that it's fair. I don't know fair is the word. I don't know. It's very inter- – I don't want to keep saying how interesting it is. I'd say interesting. We've had 44 episodes. I think I've said interesting 135 times, but nevertheless, it, it is interesting. Yeah, and so the scholarship thing, I'm not going to say interesting – Bronny James doesn't need a scholarship. I'll just say it. LeBron James can pay – he can pay Bronny's tuition. Like if you're familiar with what's going on up at Michigan or I guess not anymore, but Jace Howard, um, I believe it's Jace Howard, one of Juwan Howard's sons that's on the team, his family just paid his tuition to open up a scholarship for like another recruit because his dad is a millionaire and can afford to. Now, I think this year he's going to be on scholarship, but when he was a freshman, he was technically a walk-on and his family just paid his tuition. There's nothing stopping Ohio State from taking Bronny and putting him on technically as a walk-on. They would have to tell one of the walk-ons on the team, I'm really sorry, we appreciate how much you've done for the program, but we don't need two walk-ons this year. We really only need one. And then Bronny would become a walk-on. Obviously, he's not going to play walk-on minutes, but... Like they could put him on the roster, they just couldn't give him a scholarship. Well, to the to the Michigan point, I don't know how this works, but I know at Kent State, if your parent is an employee of the university, you just get free tuition, and coaches are considered university employees, so they just might the Howards just might be getting free tuition in general as kids of 
faculty members. I, it's not really relevant, but I'm just I'm, I actually am kind of curious how that works. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would definitely take Bronny James. He's definitely very, very good. Uh, there's definitely this weird connotation around Bronny James that like he's not good because he's only a four star. Uh, if those words leave your mouth, try to catch them and put them back because it doesn't make any sense. Uh, four stars are still very, very, very good. And top 50 guys are still very, very, very good at basketball. Um, so I think it's, I mean, yes, he's not the the chosen one and he's not on the cover of sports. Well, he's on the cover of Sports Illustrated, but, you know, he's not the, num- he's not the, the number one recruit in the country. But honestly, he might not be the number one point guard coming to Ohio State next year if he comes. He, George Washington might be ranked higher. I don't know when it's all said and done, but um, yeah, I, he's still very good. And I think with the way the roster is shaping up next year, they're only going to have two point guards in terms of Bruce Thornton and George Washington, if they don't add one in the transfer portal, because I don't, I don't think Bruce Thornton's a one and done as we learned with Malachi Branham and it's possible, but I don't think he's a one and done, but you could definitely afford to have more than two point guards on the team. So I we'll see. Um, but in terms of the scholarship thing, I do think like, and we've kind of said this before, and I know, you know, the exact number, like what was it? Only 10 D one teams didn't have a transfer last year. So you can kind of assume, I don't know who would be. You can kind of assume though, something's going to happen to somebody. They're going to go somewhere. Um, so I would probably take more. That's where the transfer portal is nice. Cause you don't have to try to account for that in recruiting. You can just do it in the transfer portal, but it might not be a terrible idea to take one more or even two more than you think you can handle. And then the, the roster is going to work itself out. That's the kind of the way I view it. It's like talking about like college football in October where we're like, well, all these teams are undefeated by November. It tends to work itself out. And that's kind of how scholarships are when it comes to rosters. So it'll work itself out. But um, I've always said, and I'll say this on here just in case I'm right. So I can brag about it. I think USC makes the most sense to me. I mean, it's right in his backyard. It's, a, it's still a big brand. It's not USC football, obviously, but it's still a big brand, still a good team. And I believe their point guard this season is still uh, Ethan Anderson, who is a senior. So he should have some minutes coming his way. So, Or does Boogie Ellis – yeah, Boogie Ellis is still there. Yeah, I don't know, has, but yo, nevertheless. Yeah, he has to be. Yeah, he didn't jump, did he? The Memphis transfer, he didn't go to the NBA or anything. So he's still there. But he might go after next year or so. Um, and he'll probably be a junior now. So that's crazy. So I'm very surprised Memphis hasn't gotten involved. That just feels like an obvious one. But uh, we'll see. I think also to back it up, I'm assuming that anybody that's listening to a basketball podcast in in August already knows exactly why we're talking about Bronny James. But basically, um, it came out this week. Paul Biancardi from ESPN, their lead like high school recruiting analyst. He's been all over the place the last like month or so. Uh, basically put out uh, an article that said that among other programs, you listed the five, but among others, those five are pursuing Bronny James, which was just, it's, it's a big news piece because while all these 2023 guys have been committing and final, final 10, final five, like making their, excuse me, making their decisions. Um, he, nothing has come out about Bronny James. I mean, if you went to his uh, 24-7 sports page, it literally just said Duke and Kentucky interest. Cool. Well, because they're the two biggest blue bloods, like there is nothing else. So as all of these 2023 guys start dropping off the board, 
Ronnie James is going to become one of the biggest names left. And also it's going to be getting a lot of attention for obvious reasons. Um, so trying to figure out if it's really practical or reasonable that he could end up at Ohio state, which people that aren't familiar with the program are probably going to say, Oh, duh, that makes a ton of sense. LeBron is just a kid from Akron. He's going to definitely have his kid go to Ohio state, but um with the roster and the scholarship count, it really doesn't seem super practical. And then today, um, LeBron also did kind of push back on an on three piece that said Oregon is not a leading school. And LeBron said that he has not taken any visits. And basically, it's just been a few coaches that have been in contact with Bronny. But Bronny hasn't visited any colleges, so nobody is a favorite. It's really just been some coaches contacting him over the phone. That's been it so far. Yeah, it was kind of interesting that people took those LeBron comments and kind of like ran with that. LeBron never denied anything that on three said, you know what I mean? Outside of maybe the visit thing. Um, so I don't really know that Oregon still isn't the favorite um, to, to get him. I, I don't really know. He Like I said, he it was LeBron. I mean, LeBron, he's very, very known for being very cryptic, if that makes sense on social media. Um, so I, I do love the concept that like, oh, if you get Bronny James, that means you get LeBron too, as if that's like a bad thing. Like that's a very good thing. First of all, it's not like LeBron would be at every single game. LeBron is still playing basketball in LA. Um, so <laughs> it's not like he'd, he'd, he'd be at a very few games, if we're being very honest. He's not at a lot of Sierra Canyon games, and that's in that's in Los Angeles. So it's not like he'd be at every game. It's not like he'd be sitting on the bench, you know, like Matthew McConaughey at Texas football games. Um, but it, what it would do is bring a lot of recognition to that team. It'd get Ohio state some more ESPN games and give Ohio state some more brand recognition. And yeah, it would bring recruits like that's it's, it's a recruiting tool. Absolutely. To bring on Brownie James because recruits know they're getting more eyeballs, more people are watching, more people are seeing them. And it's just in this day and age, it's it's all about visibility. What what are you? What, where are you being shown? How are you being shown? And if you're playing with LeBron James Jr., who I think we kind of forget sometimes, that's his real name. Like that's going, you're going to be on ESPN. You're going to be on CBS. You're going to make these big time games. And also, he's a good player. So, I, to me, it's like a win win win. If Bronny James comes, there's don't tell Facebook that they'll be like, oh God, no. But I. I don't. I don't really understand. I don't think anybody can give me a legitimate reason as to why it's a bad idea. I, I think I can. I can give you a few reasons actually, and that it's a bad idea. Yeah, I can. Um, and I wrote a piece this week. I don't ever really like plug articles that I wrote that I write, but I did write a piece for Land Grant this week. That's that went a few days ago. That I it's like two thousand words on like all the different ways you could look at this. So if you want to read a piece that's kind of writing out the things we're talking about, that's there. Um, I put a lot of time into that one. So if you're really interested in this whole saga, definitely check that out. I think there's a few things that are definitely concerns that I think that some of the cranky Facebook commenters, although the the boomers on Facebook are, are just going to be cranky and say, don't do it because they think LeBron, like LeBron is too dramatic. There are some legitimate reasons that this, it, like there are some legitimate reasons that could be concerning. Like I kind of compared it to, um, if you go to your favorite professional sports um, team, you pay for tickets to go see the Cavs, the Lakers, whatever, and you show up and your favorite players, like they're not playing that day for whatever reason, load management, 
Um, they're out with an injury, whatever. You paid all this money, and now you're not seeing your favorite players play. That is going to happen with Brownie at Ohio State with a lot of fans because Ohio State is going to start selling out games that they would not have previously sold out if Brownie James is on the team. People are going to want to show up, and they're going to want to see Brownie James play. They know that LeBron's probably not going to be at the game, but even the possibility of LeBron James being at the shot to watch his son play is going to be enough to sell several thousand extra tickets. So what happens when people pay, I don't know, let's say your ticket that right now costs $25 to watch Ohio State play Maine. We love the shit on Maine on this podcast. I'm sorry. All of a sudden, that Maine ticket costs it costs $65 now because Ohio State knows that people will pay it. And then people show up and Bronny James plays eight minutes against Maine and takes three shots. Like people are going to be pissed because people that weren't previously going to go to the game to watch Ohio State, now they're going because they just want to see Bronny James play and maybe see LeBron. Like it's not Holtman's job to satisfy fans and to entertain. It's his job to win games. So I think that there would be some tension there because of the amount of people and the eyeballs and the tickets that it would sell because he's on the team versus how many minutes Bronny James is actually going to get. Because if we're being real, like like Bronny James is not going to score 10 points a game as a freshman. Like he's not going to play enough to do that, but the people are going to want to see him. So I think that could potentially be a conflict. Yeah. um, I see. I see that point for sure. I just, I don't think that's, a huge deal, honestly, for Ohio State. I think that would just lead to more maybe complaining online, which isn't a huge deal. I, I mean, it's probably comparable to when he was a freshman at Sierra Canyon. You know, those games were selling out and stuff, and he wasn't playing that much. They had two five stars on that team, um, and I didn't, I didn't see too much backlash from that. He played, but he didn't play. He probably played fifteen minutes a game, uh, which I, I could see him getting next year. Fifteen minutes a game. You know, you're probably losing five, five guys, maybe six. I could see him playing. Yeah, fifteen might be tough. Ten to fifteen minutes a game. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. I see. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But the I think production the isn't going to match. I, I do, the production is not going to match the hype. If he had stayed in college, think, if he stays in college for a couple of years, the hype might match the production. But he's not staying in college for a couple of years. Yeah, I, I just I I do think that the hype around Bronny James has fallen off a little bit. So I think people might go into it. some people won't but some also oh, i think man. a lot of people do understand that like he might not play that much i feel like i don't know i'm also i'm also not under the opinion he's 100 gonna be a one and done honestly oh baby he is i promise he's gone he might be i just he's gone he's gone at, at that point though wouldn't it make sense just to go to the g league or overseas now what's the point of going to college at all if you're I, definitely I, a one and done I mean, no I, matter how you play i don't think there is any point in him going to college that's why it was so surprising that he's saying he's going to college oh, like true. I thought he would do G League one year and then off to the league. But um, I also think there's a disproportionate amount of hype he would get at Ohio State in Columbus versus like in Eugene, Oregon. Um, like the impact it would have right. on yeah, I do yeah the impact sure. that it would for have sure. on ticket sales, the price of tickets, the price of merch, the price of concessions at Ohio State. I think the the impact yeah. is going to be much greater here than it would be at Oregon or even even at like a USC maybe. Or definitely like at Michigan, at, yeah. Because people at in Oregon, Ohio, I don't think they'd give a shit. Yeah, if people in Ohio, <laughs> like people in Cleveland and Akron, if Bronny James is playing for Ohio State, they will drive two and a half hours to play to watch Bronny James play on a Monday night in Columbus. Like they're not doing that in LA. They're not doing for that sure. in Oregon. The the impact that it would have on Ohio State's fan base and all that stuff, like, would be so much higher than any other school. 
So I still think that it's a net positive if he came to Ohio State, but I definitely think that there are some impacts that we aren't quite thinking about. And I do think that even though the boomers on Facebook are real cranky and they like, is it like anybody over the age of 50 just doesn't like LeBron? I don't know. But I do think that (laughs) there is like some small truth to the fact that there could be a little bit of tension that could form between like LeBron and Holtman and Gene Smith. If we say in January, what if Bronny James is averaging nine minutes a game? He's averaging, you know, three points a game just because that's what he is deserving of as a freshman on that roster. Uh, Is there going to be any tension between LeBron and Holtman and Gene Smith when they're selling out games and people want to come see Bronny every single game and Bronny's not really playing, especially conference games. Like, I don't know. It's certainly possible. That's not comfortable for Holtman or his staff. Yeah. I I don't think, well, so I'll, I'll, I'll run back to the Sierra Canyon example again. I didn't hear of any like kind of LeBron chirping in the ear. I don't know who their coach is. Uh, maybe it was, maybe it was private. I don't know. I don't think, I don't know. I don't think LeBron's as much of a helicopter parent. I think as a lot of people think he is. Like I, I've never really seen him. I've seen him pull Bronny and Bryce aside and like kind of coach him a little bit, but I've never really seen him like really seem to be overbearing. I guess you'd say he's 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 loud at games if that makes sense. Like he cheers very loudly as a lot of parents do, but it doesn't seem like he's overbearing as like I'm LeBron James. Listen to me. Um, I don't know. It, it it's I hate to say it. It's interesting, mm-hmm. but um, because because what you're saying is is right. People from Cleveland Akron absolutely go to Ohio State games, and that is a positive for Ohio State because yeah. they're just tickets going to go up, sure. to, you know. But you know, if, as, as you said, if they do go and Bronny plays eight minutes, they might be like, "Oh shit, that was a waste of time." So it, it is it is a weird kind of dynamic you have to play there, right? And I'm not um, and I'm not saying that like yeah, it maybe. for sure. Like we don't know how it would for sure play out. We could be to- I could be totally wrong. Like. The, the boomers on Facebook could be – they could be totally wrong. Like maybe LeBron would just be supportive of his kid. You know, Bronny's playing 11 minutes a game because that's what he's earned, but I'm going to support him regardless. Like that, that's how it totally could go down. But it definitely seems like it could go in a different way too. <laughs> There's also a world, and I think we we're, we're a little bit seeing this with Bryce. Bronny does still have a year left of high school, and he's kind of like – I'm not incredibly familiar with Sierra Canyon's roster, but I think he's more or less the guy this year. He could go crazy, and he could actually be a freshman that is going to step up and play 25 minutes a game. He does seem to be getting a little bigger and stuff. And um, from what I've heard, he's like he's he's kind of like LeBron in the sense of he's very brilliant when it comes to how he plays on the court, which is good because I don't think he's as raw talented, which is not a fair comparison. LeBron might be the most rawly talented player ever, so it's not that's not fair to say, but. It does seem like that a lot of times maybe his IQ or his intangibles is better than uh, just his raw talent, which which could keep him on the court. That that makes coaches happy, you know, if he gives a lot of effort on defense. And, I mean, obviously everyone saw the dunk that happened yesterday. Like that was stuff I didn't know he had in his bag. So I think he is starting to get a little better and starting to kind of maybe figure out who he is as a player a little more. And, I mean, we've seen guys – look, this time last year, Bryce Sensabaugh was in the 160s when it came to rankings, and now he's a top 40 guy. So – it, these things do tend to fluctuate, so it'll be interesting. Just God, I said it again. Um, 
I'm gonna have a little shot collar every time I say interesting say that, shot. Or like a, a, a jar where you can put a dollar every time you can't think of another goddamn adjective. Um, <laughs> another adjective, yeah. I, I'm, uh, nobody's saying that, that he's not. Nobody's interesting is an adjective. Yes. Um, nobody's saying that he's not good. I think the the blockage. The reason he's not gonna play 25 minutes is because Bruce Thornton and Roddy Bruce Gale Thornton. are going yeah. to be playing meaningful minutes this season as freshmen. And both of them will almost certainly be back as sophomores and they'll be asked to step up their game as sophomores. So between Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale and probably Tanner Holden coming back for his fifth year, like it's not that Ronnie James isn't talented enough to get minutes. It's just that I can't see, I can't see a scenario where Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, Tanner Holden, like their minutes start getting cut back so that we can play Ronnie James 20 minutes a game. Like it, it stinks because he seems like you said, like a very, smart cerebral player even if he's not like massive and muscular and like has the wow factor that like Bryce Sensabaugh and Roddy Gale do right now like physically because he's a guy that uh, correct me if I'm wrong he's a guy that I think could be a really 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 good college player by like year three like really good but he's just he's not going to be in college that long yeah because his dad wants to play with him immediately and once he goes into the draft like somebody will take him so he could be very good after a couple of years, but he's just he's not going to be in college long enough to 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 get to that point. Yeah, the one thing I'll say is a little bit of a not a not a not a rebuttal, but Braun did kind of walk back those comments, and he said like you know his 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 progression will be his progression. Yeah, I would love to play with him, obviously, but if I don't, I don't. Um, so I don't I don't know that he's like gun ho to be two years you know, one year in college and then in the league. I do think one year in college then probably somewhere else makes sense. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, the, I don't want to compare it to the balls because it's not the best example. But, you know, all three of the balls kind of had different kind of paths. And I only compare it because I think everyone agreed they were also all one and dones no matter what they did. Um, so it's kind of interesting. It's, oh, my God. What is another word for interesting? Anyway, um, so it's fun to look at that and kind of see the differences and, and kind of how they went about it. Um, it I don't know. I, it's it's really tricky. I truly don't think he ends up at Ohio State, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that no, it ever either. becomes an issue. I, I just I really don't think he will. Um, unfortunately, Michigan to me makes Michigan makes so much sense to me. Unfortunately, Michigan does. I I don't think he'd go there. Um, I think it makes. But I don't know if Braun's ever been super. Has he ever? I mean, I think he's called him the team up north, but has he really, truly ever said he, he hates Michigan? I don't. I mean, he's like LeBron so. is like. He's an Ohio. He's an Ohio State, State, so he has State fan. He supports Ohio State. He wants to beat Michigan, you know, in football and basketball. But I think the thing is like, well, two things. First of all, um, Juwan Howard is one of his good friends. He was his teammate with the Heat. Jawan Howard then stepped into a coaching role while LeBron was still with the Heat. They're they're still That's insane. They're, I about that. they're still very good friends. Um, and of all of the coaches that of those five, like I'm sure LeBron would love the idea of sending Bronny to go play for Juwan for one year. Are you kidding me? Like that sounds perfect. Um, and second, and I didn't realize this till this week, Michigan doesn't have a single player in their 2023 class right now. Nobody. They don't. But but Isaiah Collier is coming. And that's the number one recruit maybe in the country. So that's where the Bronny James stuff gets a little dicey. He'd play play less in Michigan. He'd play less. He'd play less in Michigan, though, because Isaiah Collier is a point guard. 
And you want him, you want a guy like that to be playing. We talked about him with Davis. You want a guy like that playing immediately. It's, but, I mean, it's many, similar to like Bruce Thornton. How many guys are they losing off the roster this year? Like, I know they took Jalen Llewellyn, right? He's a, he's a, Jalen Llewellyn is yeah. a transfer guard, so he's only going to play one year and leave. Um, I mean, Joey Baker doesn't line up position, but like he'll open up another scholarship. That just tells me that like Michigan, I mean, I've heard Michigan has the scholarships availability to take Bronny James that Ohio State does not have. Yeah, I mean, I've heard how good Jed Howard is. I don't know if he's a one and done or not, because um, he's coming this year, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if he's a one and done or not. He's a point guard though, isn't he? Um, or is he bigger? I, I don't know much about him to be to be super honest. I haven't done my deep dive into other teams' rosters yet. No, Jed so Howard. Really no, know. he's not a guard. He's like 6'8", 180, 190. He's more of a small forward. Yeah, and the funny part is of the five that names were that were released, the two that made the most sense were Michigan and UCLA. Just in terms of brand, like I mean, UCLA's brand you can't really beat. Um, and then it was like kind of it came out that you know they weren't in it. So I don't, I don't know. I do trust on three. I know a lot of people kind of are shaky with them still. I mean, Jamie Shaw is kind of he nailed all the Ohio State guys. He nailed all the Michigan State guys. He nailed the Gigi Jackson thing. So I think his his track record is pretty good right now. So. I do think that there's – and also, in his defense, he put – he didn't put like he's 95% sure going to Oregon. He put 50%. So that's not the highest confidence rating I've ever seen. He put 50% Oregon, then 25% Ohio State and USC. So um, I think there's smoke around those three, but I'm not sure there's necessarily a favorite favorite when it's only a 50% kind of confidence rating. Like he gave Devin Royal 90% to Ohio State. That's when you're like, okay, that's a lot more confidence, obviously. Right. And I mean – and if folks may be salty that we just spent 25 minutes talking about Brownie James, but it's not really like a pie in the sky hypothetical thing anymore. Like this is, it's also August. So give us a break. Very true. I have nothing else to do with my life. Brownie James, like his recruitment, like it's going to start taking center stage to a point where people are going to get sick of hearing about it. But like Ohio state, at least in a very, I don't know, at a certain level, Ohio state is involved. So we're not just full of shit. Like talking hypotheticals, like, this is something that is unfolding right now and it's a very lit possibility and um, the impacts that it would have on that program and Ohio state athletics in general, if you had LeBron James son playing there for even just one year um, would be um, I'm trying to think of a better adjective than uh, it's hard to think of an adjective. It would just change that program so much for one year. It'd be, it would be insane, but I think we've talked about Brownie enough. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll pivot over to, a 2023 recruit that is not a potential Ohio State commit. He is committed to Ohio State. He is coming to Columbus next year. His name is Scotty Middleton. And we got to talk to him for a little bit about all kinds of stuff about where he grew up and kind of his journey to Ohio State. And um, it's a really good interview. He seems like a really good kid. And we look forward to seeing him be successful in Columbus. So without further ado, here's our interview with Scotty Middleton. <laughs> Folks, we are here with Scotty Middleton, Ohio State's most recent basketball commit in the class of 2023. He is a, I believe he is 6'7", small forward out of Sunrise Christian in Wichita. Uh, Scotty, thanks for joining us. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys for having me. We are so excited to, to talk to you and to let Ohio State fans get to know you a little bit better. And the first thing I want to talk to you about, because you you talked about it a little bit on your decision, but yeah. Paul Biancardi, Biancardi didn't really give you much of an opportunity to expand on it. Um, mm-hmm. you've lived in a lot of places 
you have lived yeah. in, it sounds like Miami and South Carolina and, and Kansas. So like, where were you born? Where did you grow up? And like, can you kind of like take us on your journey or like where you've gone spot to spot? Yeah. Um, so um, I grew up in Orangeburg, South Carolina. Um, I stayed there for about four years. Um, then I moved to New York when I was in fourth grade, I think something like that. Um, moved to New York um, for a little bit. And then I moved to Miami when I was in sixth grade. Um, so then I really started getting into basketball. Um, I played my freshman year in Miami. And then my sophomore year, um, I played basketball at St. Pat's in Jersey. Um, so I went to Jersey uh, my sophomore year. And then I winded up in Kansas. Um, one of the coaches just, you know, reached out to me and everything. Um, just talking with my family and everything. I just feel like um, that Kansas was a better, better decision. Um, for basketball. So um moved to Kansas. So, you know, it's been a long journey. Um, I've definitely lived in a lot of places and getting yeah, to yeah. see how, you know, everything is, it's just, you know, amazing to um, just see everything. So when you were moving spot to spot and hopefully this is not like too personal. So it was like, was your family getting up and like, were you moving with family from spot to spot? Like when you went to Jersey, then to Kansas or like, family friends or like I guess how did you relocate that often was your family like moving up with you um from the start it was my family was just moving up with me and then um when I went to Jersey um I went up by myself my brother he was really close with like some of the, the coaches at the school and everything like that um so it was just like him just trusting um his friends and his the people he grew up around um mm-hmm. Just surrounded stuff around that. And um, Kansas, I went up by myself again. Um, mm-hmm. At Kansas, it was just pretty much the same thing, just a trusting in the coaches and um, just seeing how um, Sunrise coaches and everything just operate. And you know that um, they're genuine guys. So mm-hmm. you really just just putting all your trust in them, really. And I mean, that that builds character too, man, whether you realize it or not, to get up and kind of go on your own like that at, at, at 16, 17, like that's probably one of the things that, the coaches probably saw in you too, is that, you know, you got up and were brave enough to go kind of on that journey by yourself towards the end there. So when you're playing for Ohio state next year and you're starting, um, I know you went, you've been to at least one game and they announced the starting lineups. And for example, from last year, they'll do starting at forward, the six, eight sophomore from Bayshore, New York, Zeg key. When they announced Scotty Middleton, <laughs> what city, what city do you want them to say you're from? Um, I think somebody asked me this, one of my friends or something like that asked me this recently, actually. Um, probably just Miami. Um, it's just somewhere I just really grew up in the longest. I feel like I took really basketball more serious when I was in Miami. So, mm-hmm. um, probably just Miami, really. So I'm pretty so, sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that you'll get to pick because I know, like, uh, I'm sure you've spoken to Malachi Branham at least once or twice, you know. Yeah. He grew up in Columbus, then went up to Akron for a little bit, then came back, but he wanted he told them that, you know, when you introduce me, introduce me from, from Columbus, don't introduce me from Akron. So I think that you'll get to, you'll get to tell them like, this is where I'm from. Yeah. I think I have a little time to just make that decision. Probably. I'll probably think about it more, a little, a little bit more later on. You got a little time. Yeah. So uh, your, your first official visit to Columbus, was that kind of your first time in Columbus? What was kind of your first impressions of, of, of the city as a whole? You know, it's very obviously football based, but, you know, it's just, it's, it's, I think it's a great city. What was kind of your opinions of it when you first got there? 
Um, yeah, that was my first time really being in Columbus. So obviously I, I get really excited um, when we travel and everything like that. Like I like being in other places. So just being in there, just being there was really exciting. Um, when we first like drove in and I got to see how Columbus was outside of Ohio State, um, like the facility and everything, it was it was just beautiful. It was just something that you just you just see and you're just like how like I, I just want to just, you know, just be here. Um, and to see like everything, the facility and everything, it was really good, too. Yeah. And what kind of really clicked? And I know you talked about your relationship with the coaches and especially Coach Diebler and whatnot. Was that kind of something that clicked right away with you guys or was that a rapport they built over time? Kind of how does that how does that work when they're recruiting you and stuff? Um, I think it built over time. Me and Coach Diebler, Coach Holtman, um, it was just us always talking like, you know, every game, <clears throat> every practice, every school day. They would just always just reach out to me and just check on me. Um, you know, they would come up here um, to Kansas as much as possible. So it was just like seeing them and just hearing from them. Um, that just really just built that strong, the strong relationship, really. And kind of what was your first impression of just, you kind of touched on a little bit, but just the facilities in general, I mean, Ohio State Athletics is, you know, one of the bigger athletic programs in the country, whether it's football, basketball, whatever the case may be. Um, they got some cool stuff. What was kind of your first just impressions of seeing kind of everything they have to offer? Um, you know, it was crazy. Um, I remember when I first walked in the building, walked around the building, and I was just looking at it. I'm like, wow, like this is like the facility I might actually like go to. Um, we walked in the gym. I seen the practice gym. I was like, this is like amazing. Um, seeing the weight room. It was good. It was amazing. Um, and I remember we walked in the game when they played Michigan. Um, and I just walked in. I just hearing the fans, just seeing everybody, just how excited everybody was. Um, it was just like one of those moments where I just pinched myself and just come back to reality and just just seeing that it was all amazing when uh it just when it comes to like make obviously you know as a being a student athlete making that decision is is a big deal when did it click for you that you wanted to go to Ohio State was it on your visit where you were like man this is this place for me or was it kind of later on when did it really click that Ohio State was where you wanted to spend your spend your time playing ball um I think it was really after, um, after my visit, um, after I took my last visit to UConn, um, a little bit after that, me and my brother, me and my family talked a little bit more. Um, I just talked to some of my friends and everything about it. Um, just praying. Um, and I just, one day it just clicked. It was just like, like, I just, I feel like coach Holman and coach Zebra, um, have the best interest in my, in me, um, and just playing there. It's going to make me a better person and also just a better player. Um, and, and overall. And then Scotty, how well do you know so the Austin Parks and obviously like Devin and George Washington, like how well do you know those guys at this point? And like, have you spoken to them a bunch? Um, at first, me and George spoke before I committed a little bit. Um, we really built a, a little strong relationship. Um, me and Austin, George um, spoke a little more. And then me, Dev, um, Austin and Roy just started talking more, just made a group chat with each other and just talking more. So I think over time, we just really just built a, a strong relationship before um, before I made the decision. So I think right now, just transitioning to making the decision right now, just all of us being committed, we just um, just trying to get tighter with each other and just learn more about each other.
And even if you haven't, um, even if you haven't, like, I know you haven't played with those guys, you may not have played against them much at all either. Um, I'm sure that as soon as you locked it in and you were like, all right, so these are the guys, these are the guys I'm going to be playing with, as well as the freshmen that are up there right now, you know, Bryce and Felix and Bruce. How do you think that your game is going to mix well with some of those guys' game? How do you think that you're going to be able to bounce off each other and have kind of like that synergy? Um, I think the biggest thing is just my, you know, versatility. Um, and I think really just everybody's versatility um, that really gets recruited to Ohio State, guys that can just do everything. Um, I think me and Dev game complements each other so much. Um, we both just, you know, taller wings that can really just do anything, really. Um, you got Austin. Um one of the most, I think, underrated big men in the country. And you got George, you know, he's a really good point guard. He can shoot. And I think he's really um, one of the most, like, more scrappier guys on defense and, like, underrated guys. So I think all of our games just together, there's just so much that we can do that I think you can really put us in any type of spots and situations that um, we're just going to obviously just drive together. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that – I think you're seeing the college game – uh, evolve a little bit. And I do think that teams that end up winning championships and going final fours and whatnot, you are definitely seeing a lot more positionless basketball, a lot more switching, a lot, a lot fewer traditional big men and a lot more, uh, you know, guys that are like your size that are asked to bring the ball up. So I think that you're spot on there moving off of college and just talking about your senior season coming up. Um, what do you want to accomplish during your senior season, whether it's like you individually working on your game or like on the court with your team? Um probably start team wise um team wise probably you know last year um we got to the first round of Geico loss so I think that was really big for me um and just wanting to obviously go back to Geico and just prove that we're um we can win a national championship in that um also just probably just being a captain just being a leader just being more vocal to guys and just talking to everybody player wise um, probably just getting better with really everything in my game. Like really every day I just switch up on what I'm working on. One day I'm working on finishes. One day I'm working on shooting, um, footwork, balance, just, just tweaking every part of my game. I can just tweak and, um, just getting every part better, really. Uh, so my last question before we jump into some rapid fire ones, uh, Scotty, I know you were able to spend some time at the formula zero camp with Dame Lillard and whatnot. What did you learn from that? What did you take away from that? And what was it kind of like being uh, being with Dame and stuff? I think the time was really special. And I didn't really l- realize how much I learned until I really got back and got to, you know, like just sit back and just really think about what I really learned. Um, probably the first thing I really learned from Dame was just his mentality, um, how he approached the game and how he just how he just led just being him. You know, he's one of the older guys on the team, so he always just explained how, you know, any guy just messing around or anything, he can just, just say something to him. And, you know, nobody's going to say nothing back. Nobody's going to talk back to him and just how he's just so much of a leader. Probably one of the biggest things I learned from him, being there the whole time and just talking to him a little bit more, um, it's probably he taught me about how much of the game is mental and how you really got to not let anything affect you on the court or off the court because it really matters. Um, I think the biggest example he gave, you know, we watched him work out a few times and just watching him miss, you know, he missed seven in a row and he dropped the same face expression every time, like, you know, nothing really affects him. Um, So him just telling me about that, 
you know, it was overall a good camp. You know, you got some good, um, you had some really good coaches, um, really good um, scouts there, NBA players there. So it was really good to just learn and touch on for touch on some from every NBA player there and just learning from everybody. All right. So we'll jump into a couple uh, kind of shorter questions. So what's your, obviously as a, as a world-class athlete, as yourself, you guys travel a lot. What is your go-to road trip snack or drink for long car rides or, or bus rides? Uh, probably like a Fanta or a Sprite or snack wise. Um, probably like some Sour Patch, any type, like some strawberry, peach, anything like that. I feel that I played baseball and I had in my bag instead of sunflower seeds, I always had Sour Patch Kids. Ooh, so I definitely have <laughs> Which NBA players do you enjoy watching the most, or do you feel kind of maybe you try to replicate your game with a little bit? Um, probably like Jason Tatum, Brad, Brandon Ingram, um, Jalen Brown, KD, Paul George, those type of guys. Gotcha, gotcha. So those those kind of wing guys that can play some defense. That's I, yeah. I, I know fans will like to hear that. Um, what is what is your one of your favorite TV shows or movies, or what can you watch just kind of? You need to throw something on in the background. What are you putting on? I can always watch Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty, <laughs> I can always just put on and watch anytime. I feel that for sure. Um, so, obviously, specific to Columbus here, who's your favorite Ohio State basketball player of all time or one that you can kind of feel you, you can watch over and over? Um, probably like Malachi. I think, mo- I think some of our game is, like, similar to each other. So, just I watch a lot of his game low-key. Just learn little pointers and things that he does. So, and for people that don't know, Scotty at Sunrise Christian, you played with some really, really great players. Obviously, one guy going to Kansas this year, Grady Dick. Who's winning one on one? You or Grady? <laughs> <laughs> Who's winning me and Grady? Grady, I love you, but I ain't gonna lie, I'm winning one on one. I'm winning one on one. You gotta have that I'm winning. Thanks. No hesitation. Um, all right, hard hitting questions. Did you grow up with any pets? Cats, dogs, lizards, snakes, birds? Um, I had a cat when I was younger, but then it died. Oh, <laughs> it died. Sadly. We gotta take that out of We gotta take it. took a turn there. Uh once you get to OSU, Zed Key has a snake, so don't go hang out with him outside of practice because he's got a snake. I mess with snakes though. Snakes are cool. Snakes is okay. I'd like to hear that. Yeah, he'll last, love that. <laughs> last, last question, putting you on the spot here. Who wins in an arm wrestling contest, Coach Holtman or Coach Diebler? Coach Diebler. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Coach Diebler. I'm going with Coach Diebler. I love no you, Coach Holtman. Absolutely no hesitation. Yeah, Coach Diebler. All right, Scotty, we really appreciate your time, man. Uh, congratulations again on your hard work and commitment to Ohio State. You know, obviously, uh, it, it's probably a little bit of a uh, – you know, off your shoulders now to have that commitment out of the way before your senior year. So, you know, we wish you luck, man, in your senior year. And uh, for the people that are kind of learning about you, where can they follow you on Twitter and Instagram if they want to follow along with your senior season? Uh, my Instagram is Scotty Middleton underscore S-C-O-T-T-Y-M-I-D-D-L-E-T-O-N underscore. Uh, my Twitter is Scotty Middleton without an N, nine. So S-C-O-T-T-Y-M-I-D-D-L-E-T-O, nine. Instagram and Twitter. All right, Scotty, before we get you out of here, can we get a go Bucks? Yes, sir. Go Bucks. Go Bucks, man. Let's do it. Boy. 
All right, Scott, we appreciate it. You have a good, good rest of your day. Good, good. Uh, have a good weekend, and we look forward to following your uh, your season going forward. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks again to Scotty for joining us, the first Ohio State commit to join the Bucketheads podcast. Our next goal, Justin, we should try to get one of these guys like in the 2025 class to like commit to Ohio State on our podcast. And then everybody has to credit us. Yeah, I, I would like to make an announcement. I will be defecting to the Live Golf Tour. Um, so this will be my last podcast because uh, they don't want me to do podcasts over there. So okay, so I'm that's, gonna have that's to, our news. I'm gonna have to put an, it, a post on Indeed, I guess, to get a new co-host. Um, yes. Send your uh, send your resumes, send your resumes to our DMs, and Justin can find his replacement since he's defecting to Saudi Arabia. If you found us on the website, make sure to also subscribe wherever you get your music and podcasts. Uh, you can find us under the Land Grant Holy Land feed. Yeah, and follow us along on Twitter as well. We might tease some more fun interviews we'll be doing soon. We definitely have we have a fun two months, two and a half months kind of kind of being set up here uh, as the season gets underway. Obviously, football season is is literally right around the corner now, but us at Land Grant Holy Land are still dedicated to giving you some basketball coverage, uh, even when the other some other Ohio State outlets will just focus on football. So make sure you stick with us. Uh, on Twitter, we are Bucketheads LGHL. And you can find me at Justin underscore Golba. You can find Land Grant because, of course, if you want to get your football content, get it from Land Grant. Uh, it's just consistency. Uh, Land Grant 33 is that one. You can also check out some of the podcast network that we have going on. And then, Connor, where can we find you? Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, um, it is at Lamonds underscore Connor. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend and go Bucks. <laughs>